Please open the Word of God this morning to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. We are greatly hindered in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ because of the Roman Catholic influence that extends even throughout Greenville County and all of its hundreds of Baptist churches so that we have more of a Roman Catholic idea of the Lord Jesus Christ than what the Bible presents. When I say a Roman Catholic concept of Jesus, I mean an effeminate, long-haired, weak, compromising, all-love being in person that there's no judgment or hatred of sin that the Bible speaks of. And so there are pastors today that talk about this other Jesus, or they don't mention Jesus at all, and present a very watered-down gospel that is not the gospel of the Bible. If you're in the one-year, one-chapter-a-day Bible reading program, you're in the middle of this gospel of Matthew. When you look at Matthew chapter 21, it ends with the parable of the householder. The vineyard was Israel. The father was God. And his son was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came and miserably destroyed those wicked men for not giving him the return on his vineyard that he expected and he gave his vineyard out to Gentiles. Tremendous sovereign judgment by Jesus Christ to take away his kingdom, take away his church from the Jews, and give it to the Gentiles. This is the Jesus Christ, the Bible. Matthew chapter 22 is when he answered the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and confounded them, and they didn't dare ask him any more questions. This is the Jesus of the Bible. Matthew chapter 23, he calls the scribes and the Pharisees hypocrites, serpents, vipers, whited sepulchers, and they deserve the judgment that was coming. Matthew 23, this is the Jesus of the Bible. Now I want to share a couple of verses with you from Matthew 24 and 25. In fact, I'm going to share five lessons with you very quickly from these chapters. Matthew chapter 24 is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in destruction on Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Matthew chapter 25 is the Lord's second coming presented to us by two parables and one prophecy. For simplicity's sake, that's the easiest way to look at these two chapters. Matthew 24 is 70 A.D. Matthew 25 is the second coming of our Lord. I want you to... And I want me to start off this day with the severity of God's judgment through Jesus Christ. He does not play games. Everyone you have ever known plays games. Your father was a joke in comparison to our father in heaven. Your mother was a joke. She told you you were special every day. Jesus does not think you're special every day. You have grown up being pampered and told you're special. But you're not special. He is special. And he expects a certain behavior out of us, and he's written it to us in a manual for how we should conduct ourselves. And our subject right now is love is the greatest because it is the greatest, and it's going to be the greatest criterion in the great day of judgment by which we're going to be measured. So I just want to remind you that judgment is coming. Matthew 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, 
the love of many shall wax cold. Is your love wax cold, your love of God and your love of others because of iniquity around us? Well, what's the result of that? I am reading judgment on the church of God. I am not reading judgment on the world. I'm reading judgment on the church of God. This is the church of Israel. So now I go to Matthew 24 and verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. The tribulation, pain, and anguish that was brought upon Jerusalem far exceeded anything else in the history of the world before or since. I like to read about World War II. I sometimes rarely share with you about World War II. I remind you that there was a battle of Stalingrad that was unbelievable in its ferocity and pain and suffering on both sides. But it was nothing compared to right here. These women ate their children. We don't have accounts in Stalingrad of mothers eating their children. These women ate their children according to the prophecy of God through Moses in Deuteronomy 28, recorded by Josephus with the names of the mothers. Why? Because iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. Iniquity is abounding around us and we can't let our love wax cold. Because this is what came in 70 AD and it was only a harbinger of what's coming later. Again in this chapter of Matthew 24, I want to read verse 42. Watch therefore, every one of you and I must be vigilant. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord, and this is the Jesus of the Bible, and this is the Jesus, the Son of God. He is not what you think he is. He is not who you think he is. He is what this word tells us about him. You have never met him otherwise. If you think you've met another another Jesus, that is exactly the fact. You have met another Jesus, and not the one of the Bible. This is how he speaks. This is how he preaches. This is how he addressed his nation. This is how he took the pulpit in his church, the church of the Jews. And so we have two lessons. Matthew 24, and a great tribulation that will not be matched in world history. And then he comes at a time when we know not, when we're not aware of it. So we want to be living for him every hour and every day. Chapter 25, verses 10 through 13. There are two parables and one prophecy. The parable of the virgins the parable of the talents, and the prophecy of the sheep and the goats. Verse 10, And while they went to buy, that is the foolish virgins, that were not prepared for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bridegroom came, that's the Lord Jesus, he's coming again, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, that is the foolish ones, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, 
Verily I say unto you, I know you not. The lesson, watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And one of the things he's going to judge us for is our love of the brethren. Lesson number four at verse 24 of this 25th chapter. This is the parable of the talents. A talent is not the ability to play the piano. A talent is unrelated to that kind of junk. A talent is a piece of money. There's a hundred talents of gold described here. There's a thousand talents of silver described there. In Luke chapter 19, we have it described as pounds, like the British pound. It's a unit of money. It's not ability. It's money invested in us, and that money is the grace of God and His gospel and how it changes our lives. And whether we get a return on it for His saving grace in our lives. Enough on that. Verse 24. Then he, which had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not Jonathan Crosby. This is the king I represent. I am his ambassador, and he is the judge of the quick and the dead. He is going to judge the universe and cast the devil and his angels into hell and all wicked men along with them. Fear him. Don't fear anyone else. Fear him who hath power to cast both body and soul into hell. Yea, I say unto you, and these are also the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, fear him. When it said in verse 24, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown. We know more about the sovereign government of God in this universe and this world than anyone else. Do you know what that means? That means that we'll be judged by the words of our own mouths about him because we know more about his sovereign power than others do. Right. And that's how the Lord Jesus Christ took the words of this man's mouth and turned those words against him, and it's going to be turned against us. You knew what kind of a Savior I am. You knew what kind of a God I am his son. Here's the warning. I love this Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think he's going to let that man keep his talent? He's going to rip that talent away from him and call him a wicked and a slothful servant and give it to the man with ten because the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. In the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our Lord and our Savior. I'm not misrepresenting him. I'm representing him. Amen. And I want us to fear while we hear the word of God. Because to him that hath, and you receive the word with joy, you're going to be given more so that you can have abundance. 
But from those in here that hardly know anything and haven't made any changes in their lives, God's going to rip away from you what you think you have. That's how the Word of God describes it. Okay, one more lesson. We've never met authority like this. Your little mommy's lied to you. Your father's presented a lying example to you. You've never met a boss. You've never seen a president. You've never met a civil magistrate that has authority. This man has authority. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. Prophecy. The Son of God is going to sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations of the world are going to be gathered before Him, verse 31, and He's going to separate them like a shepherd separates his sheep from his goats in verse 32. I want to read verse 34. Then shall the king, I love this king, but I tremble before this king. I rejoice with trembling. He thrills my heart with joy. He causes my knees to quiver. He causes my heart to cry out to him. And I want you to be doing that with me. He's the greatest combination of perfection the universe has ever imagined. And he's coming soon. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And they're going to wonder how in the world they have access and a right to that kingdom. Verse 40, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. You fed those that were hungry. You gave water to those that were thirsty. You clothed those that were naked. You visited those that were stopped up from sickness at home or in prison. Now verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, the goats, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And they're going to say, why do we get this kind of treatment? Verse 45, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. This is the word of God. If you want to be a Bible Christian and be part of a Bible Christian church, this is what we do. We read the Bible and we believe it. We don't care what anyone else thinks, says, or preaches about the Bible. This is what the Bible says. This is the Jesus of the Bible. Five lessons. The destruction of Jerusalem. The coming of a Lord when he had left his household in charge of a servant. The foolish and wise virgins. The parable of the talents. And the sheep and the goats. Jesus is like no one you know. He is the King of glory. He's not like your father. He is not like your mother. He doesn't play checkers with you. And that's all he can do. He can send our souls to hell. And love is the greatest. So, is it the subject that we're preaching on this morning important enough for your attention? Is it important enough for my effort to try to convey it to you? It is. Because as we ended with that prophecy, the issue is, did you love the brethren? It's not what doctrine you believed. 
Did you love the brethren? Did you do it to one of the least of these my brethren? It's not some fuzzy-wuzzy broadcast approach. Did you do it to one? Let us pray. Almighty God, Lord Jehovah, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. We humble ourselves before thee, Heavenly Father. We thank Thee for the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that Thou hast prepared a kingdom for us from the foundation of the world. We thank Thee that we are Your blessed children. Heavenly Father, we fear and we tremble as we should to work out our salvation with fear and trembling that You have worked in us. Let us not shut up the bowels of our compassion from others. Let us not be so busy with nothing. Let us not be so occupied with vanity that we do not have time. Let us not be so miserly and stingy that we do not scatter abroad our assets. Let us not be so structured that we cannot respond to those in need. Heavenly Father, help us to learn the lesson of brotherly love and charity, brotherly kindness, and an honor preferring one before another that is to characterize your children while they live on earth. We thank thee that you add to the church daily such as should be saved, and you have put in the body those that please you, and it is our job to love them. Like all the members of our physical bodies, love the other members. They are compact and knit together into one functioning body. Help this church to be so. Heavenly Father, we believe. We have not played games with Jewish fables about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. We understand your warning and we believe it. We know that you are going to come in a time and surprise men. And so we understand that lesson. That when we don't know the hour, when we don't know the day, it is not for us to take it easy, but for us to buckle down and live every day and every hour as if you could be coming. And Heavenly Father, we want to be the wise virgins that prepare for our bridegroom, that we might enter in with him before the door is closed and not come to that door after it's closed. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the grace bestowed upon us Do not let that grace bestowed in vain, but let us be like the Apostle Paul, who with that grace labored more abundantly than the other apostles, that we might take our five talents and turn it into ten. The investment that you've made in us by grace, that we might get a return on it by using that grace. Let us not be the wicked and slothful servant. And Heavenly Father, those wicked and slothful servants sitting in front of me, take them from us. We don't need them. We don't want them. If you can convert them, convert them. If you will not or cannot 
take them from us. They don't do anything for us but drag our church down. They are a stench in your nostrils. They are a stench in mine. Have mercy upon us, Heavenly Father. Take away from us children that are strange children. They're not adopted children. They've never been born again. There's never been a change in their lives. They live for themselves and their tiny little worthless lives. Lord, save this church and bless it and strengthen it. Heavenly Father, I thank Thee that the Lord of glory is coming soon to gather all nations before Him, and He won't consult the United Nations. And He'll separate those nations and the individual souls in them as a shepherd separates and divides his sheep and his goats. And we thank Thee, Heavenly Father, without regard to the Arminian drivel of Charles Finney and Billy Graham and Jack Hiles and Joel Osteen and others, that the measure in that day is going to be something that counts, something that shows a changed life, not a decision for Jesus, but a choice to love Jesus' brethren and the least of them on an individual basis over and over again. I thank Thee for the truth of Thy Word. Help us to stand on it, but most of all, help us to live it out every day in our lives. Heavenly Father, You know the subject before me, You know it's the same as the last two Sundays. You know that our flesh is weak as a congregation. Our spirits are willing. We ask Thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Ghost that You'll stir us up to listen attentively and for our hearts to embrace the truth and to put life and power and strength and conviction and sacrifice and selfless giving into our feet and to our hands and our lips and to our wallets that we will serve one another the way that we should. Forgive us where we've been selfish. Forgive us where we've been withdrawn. Forgive us for being enamored with our foolish living. Help us, Lord, to live like the Apostle Paul, the Lord Jesus Christ, and faithful saints like the family of Stephanus. Let other families be in this church that are addicted to the ministry of the saints. Addicted to it, Lord. Oh, we want to be addicts. Addicts to service to your children. You've adopted us and you've adopted others. Let us gather together with others here and let us shed abroad hope and joy and peace and encouragement to the Abigails of Amsterdam and other places that they might rejoice and that we might serve them in any capacity that we can. Be with your servants in every place in your churches. Be with your scattered sheep. Thank you for America. Thank you for every good thing that we enjoy every day. But Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank Thee for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, His love for us. He sought us one soul at a time as our good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the bishop of our souls. He will not lose a single one of us. He laid down his life in the ultimate sense of the word for us. We should be willing to lay down our lives for the brethren. Be with us now. Hear our praise. Heavenly Father, we want to enter into your worship with joyful hearts, yet cautious, sober, grave, and understanding the responsibility we have to live as your blameless, harmless children in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation that we might shine as lights in the world. In Jesus' name, we offer up this prayer and now receive our worship. 
Amen.